Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. BSB OT, some number. It already feels like we're deep in the offseason, and yet it's been like, what, four days without news, Gregory? So today we present to you What's Happening in New York Rangerland, a nothing podcast. So, uh, I'm going to bring up some articles that I read about the New York Rangers in the past couple days, and we will debate them, as we are tend to do on this podcast. First and foremost, I feel like it's best to introduce you, Gregory. Hi. Hi. Good. All right. Now that we've done that, and we've got that out of the way, have you heard of our, our, uh, our co-worker, Corey Priman? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I don't know. He may have appeared on this podcast once before. It may have happened. All right, good. Got that out of the way. Solved that issue. Good. He updated, he came on this podcast, talked about his rankings, New York Ranger rankings, in extensive fashion with a very nice interview. If you want to go back and listen to it, it's on our feed. There you go. Uh, But with that all being said, he updated those rankings, Gregory, and I would like to go over them with you on this podcast. Oh, this sounds great. This is good stuff, right? This is called fill in time. (laughs) Ryan reads the newspaper. Yes. I hope everyone enjoys that. First, let's get to what I want to have this uh, opening topic for today, which is off-season grades. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wow, really, really great and tremendous, exciting news. But uh, some company named ESPN and Greg Wyshynski and Emily Kaplan ranked all 31 teams. And they gave the New York Rangers what is what I would call a C minus. Gregory, do you believe that the New York Rangers have become a worse hockey team from last year to this year? And that will be our opening thesis. I thought I actually thought about this earlier today without prompting you that I was thinking about this earlier today. Hive mind. Very good. Worse? No. I don't think the New York Rangers have gotten worse. Mostly because it's impossible to get worse when you acquire Alexi Lafreniere. Capo Caco is a year older. Philip Heedle is a year older. Julian Gauthier is a year older. The Rangers' whole offseason philosophy was to uh, allow their own young core to develop more. Like, truly, when you think about it, the difference between the New York Rangers... 
today in the New York Rangers back in the playing round is like, they no longer have Jesper Fast, which mm-hmm. doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Uh, they traded Mark Stahl for Jack Johnson, essentially. And instead of starting the season with Henrik Lundqvist, they're starting the season with Igor Shosturkin. And as much as we love Henrik Lundqvist, I think it's fair to say that Igor right now, in terms of where their respective games are, is a small upgrade. Um, did they get worse? No. Did not, they yeah, get significantly sh- better? No. I think the if the Rangers were to get significantly there, – there are a lot of things the Rangers could do in theory that would make them a better team without even making a simple move, right? All the – it's it goes back to what we've talked about i don't know 17,000 times hmm. in regards to moving tony d'angelo to the left side of the d like if they do that one small thing this team got significantly better because then we're not talking about trading mark stall for jack johnson you're trading mark stall for tony d'angelo and allowing your top four to be lindgren with truba and d'angelo with fox that's an improvement that's a that's a market improvement i would say that's a gigantic improvement from where you were um now, if Jack Johnson's playing, of course, you're going to be worse. But I had a listener yeah. a listener named Andrew message me today, the, the article, and said, do you think the team got worse? And I, I immediately was like, yeah, it's hard to, team, to say the team didn't get worse, if I'm being honest. But then I started thinking about it, and I went, hmm, is the team actually worse? Because Kako can't have a worse year. Like, it just legitimately cannot happen. Guy was pretty miserable for the most of the year up up to the play-in round. Okay, cool. Got that out of the way. Lafreniere is, looks like he's going to be one of those players that has an immediate impact. Like, not City Crosby level, but just already, like, is going to fit in in the pieces. Now, will Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibinijad repeat their tremendous years from last year? Well, that's to be seen. But uh, that doesn't mean they're not going to be tremendous players. They're definitely going to be tremendous players. Okay, figure that out. Now, Igor is going to have a full year to really figure it out and to get hot and, and play. And the more I thought about it, I was like, I think this grading from ESPN is a little unfair. Because, yes, am I grading them, uh, signing J- Jack Johnson as a, as a positive? No, I am not. And was the rest of their free agent signings pretty great? No, they were not. Yes, for fast leaving is a pain. And it hurts, especially on the, the penalty kill. But, uh, and I think I'm going to break our own rule here, Gregory. But even Gre- even Brett Howden. Even Brett Howden himself could become better this year, which I know feels like that's impossible. How could Brett Howden evolve at 21 or 22 years old? It can happen. And there are a lot of players in this team that are going to take a step into the quote-unquote hockey prime window this year to be 21, 22 in that age. And Tony D'Angelo could even get better himself. So I don't think it's fair to say, hey, with this offseason, with the draft they have, the Rangers are a worse team. I think they're they're more competitive than they were last year. I don't think they're a cup contender, but they're more competitive, and that's not even close. Uh, I don't know if the grade's unfair, though. I I think it's almost a little unfair just to grade the Rangers because it's the, it's almost as if the Rangers just decided not to go to school. So you're you're trying to you're trying to grade <laughs> yeah. a team that didn't attend any classes because they felt like they didn't have to. This is. <laughs> This is their uh, gap that's good, year. That's a good I guess point. Is what we should be calling it. Yeah, this is like, this is like the go abroad to Europe, backpack through Mielix, yeah. Lafreniere, get married, and come back to the United States, buy a house. Yeah, like if you're judging the Rangers on, did they add anything that's going to help this team in terms of in in the terms of the trade market and the free agent market? No, but it, I also think the Rangers didn't want to, or felt like they couldn't. The Rangers knew that this was a year that they would just have to kind of get through, kind of let exist. Um, it, did the Rangers fail 
to acquire someone they targeted? No, because they haven't targeted anyone. No. Did the Rangers fail to sign a free agent that they had their eyes on? No, because they didn't target any free agents. Like it, it you can't I you can't I can't argue that the Rangers didn't deserve a C minus. They signed Jack Johnson. So like if <laughs> really the Rangers only the Rangers only two moves are drafting Alexi Lafreniere and signing Jack Johnson. Like if you want to give them a C minus on those two moves, go for it. I, I don't know how you can give them any kind of grade whatsoever. I honestly, it, to me, it's, the Rangers didn't go to school, so you can't give them a grade. And if you want to try to fail them for not coming to class, well, they didn't enroll, so you can't give them a failing grade. This this isn't to say that what the Rangers did this offseason is not going to be truly important for where the Rangers want to be. The Rangers need their kids to step up and make a name for themselves. And it didn't, the Rangers couldn't have brought in another person to make that less important. That's, that's not the point of this off season. Like you said, Kako can only get better. Goche is going to get an opportunity in the NHL. It's so easy to forget about Goche, isn't it? Like I forget about him all the time. Yeah. Uh, Heedle is going to be given more responsibilities this year. Lafreniere, obviously going to debut this year. You're going to learn a lot about guys like Brandon Lemieux, who's probably going to get penalty kill time because I, at this point, I just, I don't know who else the Rangers could put out there. Uh, You're going to learn more about Adam Fox, who also should be getting penalty kill time this year. We're going to learn if Tony D'Angelo can play on his offhand in the NHL. We're going to learn if Jacob Truba was one down year, or if this is going to be a concerning trend for time to come. Like the answers the Rangers need never involved bringing in outside help this offseason. Just not what this year is about. So, yeah, if he has, if if my cousin Emily and Greg want to give the Rangers a C-. <laughs> your family members and your parents, Greg uh, Greg, uh, Greg and Emily Kaplan, yes. Yeah, if, if they want to give the Rangers a C-, I can't sit here and say that's undeserved. It feels a little low, but it, I honestly, the Rangers sat this offseason out. So I, I just, I don't know how you can give them a grade that isn't just like, well, the Rangers aren't really trying anything. They're going to let the kids play, and it's going to be an important year for them in that regard. I don't know. I just, not one not I'm going to get upset about. It's just I, the, whole, the whole notion of grading off seasons is funny, too, because it's like we're trying to give teams a grade, and it's like Anthony DeClaire hasn't signed. Mike Hoffman hasn't signed. Anthony Sorelli, Mikhail Sergachev, and Matt Barzal don't have contracts. Why are we trying to grade an offseason that isn't over in any way, shape, or form? Clicks, clicks, it, clicks, it just clicks. feels – all of it, I yeah, I know, and it's it's not like we 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 fired up this podcast. And we were talking today about how absolutely fucking nothing has happened. Yep. So who am I to say we should be handing out grades now? But like, what what grade did they give the Tampa Bay Lightning? They haven't done anything. They haven't locked any of their guys up yet. I don't actually know. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm sure it's a plus. They won the cup. Like that's yeah. It. But it's just it's it's just a ridiculous article to have right now. It's like how would I grade the New York Mets off season so far? Well, they haven't done anything dumb. Uh, so I guess it's a B plus in terms of Mets news, but like, come on guys, it's October 21st. We we're, we're trying to grade off seasons when we don't even know the, when the regular season is going to start. We have that no feels like idea. a crazy practice to me. This feels like the start of a long off season for us. Of, uh, we'll see how long this goes this, this time. It's been a couple fun couple weeks to be honest with you, but I think if Greg and uh, Emily want to come on this podcast and defend themselves, they should. And maybe, you know, Greg can unmute me on Twitter because he definitely has me muted 100%. No doubt about it. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I agree with you on the uh, we didn't 
get worse. But it's, the narrative is growth at this point. Speaking of growth itself, Gregory, uh, this was the Corey Promet thing I was talking about earlier. No surprise to anybody, Alexis La- Alexi Lafreniere is number one on this list, followed by Capocacco. What? I know, That's right? We are just crushing it. Uh, no qualms there, I'm assuming? Uh, no qualms. Yes. Uh, that first line eventually, which eventually will be the first line, which will be Lafreniere and Kako, will be electric. And it's something I cannot wait to watch for many, many, many years to come. I'm hoping that comes to fruition in, in the best way possible. Then that brings us to three and four, and I don't think we'll have any qualms here either. That brings us to Adam Fox and Philip Heedle, which nope. we're totally fine with. This is where we get a little strange, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong here, but we'll, we'll debate it a little bit. I'm sure it won't be too long. Nils Lundqvist is at five, which is fine. Everything we've read about Nils Lundqvist is stunning, and uh, talk about his hockey IQ and how wonderful he is and how much of a tremendous, talented uh, offensive defenseman he is and still has the defensive prowess uh, while being at his size. So that's great. Number five. Kravstov at six. Okay, cool. This is where um, I think things get a little wild because... After Kravstov is Brett Howden, which is when everyone gets angry, right? Like, that's the, the man rocket. He can get it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, I, I don't know. I I don't think anyone should get angry at how Corey – these are just one person's rankings. Absolutely. They don't – they're not God. As much as we need to peddle the athletic content here, and peddle we shall. Um, if you want to read Corey's this right now, saying, you can go to athletic.com to read Corey's rankings. Exactly. But Corey's saying where he ranks one person. I know the other one is probably – uh, your boy, the jaw ahead of Keandre Miller and Keandre Miller, not even being in the top 10. Braden, the but, jaw Schneider. That's correct. Yeah. Guys, it's just one batch of rankings. It's, it's not the end all be all. You can also have your own personal rankings. You don't have to agree with Corey Fraunman. Drew way, who is our personal prospect guru disagrees with Corey all the time. Uh, Craig button disagrees with everybody all the time. Lists exist because if they were uniform, there would be no purpose to them. So, of course, Corey is going to have guys he likes more than other people. We're going to have guys we like more than other people. It's like it's the same reason. It's not like Baseball America, MLB Pipeline, and Keith Law have the exact same baseball. They very much do not. Yeah, and I I just – I don't get angry if one ranks someone one way and one ranks someone the other. The whole – I just – they're paid to be different. Like, Corey's job is to plant his flags on guys that other writers aren't planting their flags on. It's why Scott Wheeler, who also writes for our beloved website, The Athletic, he has vastly different rankings when compared to Corey Pronman. Right. It would be weird if they were in agreement on everything. So I I don't know if you were expecting me to be upset about it. I'm not. I wasn't. I, I respect Corey for putting in the work. I wasn't. I, I have a nice list. Is interesting. I have a nice bow on this list, which I think is the point I want to really make. That's actually kind of um, soothing for Ranger fans. So one thing that, that Corey did this year, um, and he talked about extensively on the podcast when he came on, was he ranked players under 25, right? Which to me is a little weird in organizational rankings. Um, it's just my personal opinion, but it's the way he did it, which is totally fine. So people like Austin Matthews, who's like a six-day cutoff, are on the list. But if you go all the way down to 15 on Corey's list, there is a player named Ryan Lindgren, which is, again, fine. But we've seen Ryan Lindgren play a lot of times so far in the last year. And you and I both agree, Ryan Lindgren can hang in the NHL, right? Like, that's a player that can that is, like, valuable to most teams, especially at his price tag. Him being at 15 on this list has to make you feel so goddamn good 
about the organizational rankings moving forward. Because if your 15th ranked under 25 guy is a top four D-man for you right now, that's what can get you excited as a Ranger fan for the years to come. I'm actually spinning this as a positive, Gregory. This isn't me, uh, Corey, at all. But like to have Zach Jones at 14, to have Morgan Barron at 12, Matthew Robertson at, at 11, Keandre Miller at 10, Braden the Josh Schneider at 9, and Gauthier at, at 8. Like That is... All those players could be substantial, big-time players for the New York Rangers moving forward, which brings us back to our first point. Hey, the growth has to happen, and it's coming, and that's going to be your free agent ad is the talent that comes with age. That's all. All right. Uh, now, now yeah, that- I don't know. I, it's, it's one list. I, I'm just tired of everyone treating – every time someone's presented with a list, they're almost it, – it's like this – this belief that this is the list that matters more than every other list. They're all just lists. You can take them as seriously or as not seriously as you want. I, the, the, the fervor that some of them create blows my mind. I, the whole point is not to agree with each other, especially when it, these are lottery tickets. If everyone held the exact same lottery ticket, you'd win $1 in the lottery. I it's just, I don't know, guys, relax. I don't know what happened to me over the last couple of days. I just feel more mellow. And it's like I'm seeing things on a different plane than I've ever seen before. Did you get office spaced? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I I just like the things that people or even I would get worked up about before. It's now just like, what the fuck am I doing? What is happening? <laughs> Still I personally I personally blame West Ham because once they came back down three nothing against Tottenham and cost me money. I honestly felt something die inside of me. It like broke you? Something, yeah. Honestly, when I was told I thought someone was joking, when they showed me a picture, I thought they were, like it was a Photoshop. I was so deep in denial that Tottenham actually lost that game uh, that I was going down like QAnon conspiracy hold. <laughs> and I've, I've, once I came out the other side, I was just like, you know what? Life has no meaning, so I'm just going to ride it out. I saw a, bre- a breakdown from a video online today that was like why my why the NBA fixed physics to enhance Michael I saw Jordan's that. career. I saw that. And I was like somehow the ball is gaining momentum as it's going downwards right. to the rim and it's because this is how they rigged Michael Jordan. Yes, and I was like I can't believe I'm watching this but I also respect this take so much. It's the one of the worst takes of all time. But just to have the balls to say it. It's just like unbelievable. And I guess that's what drives Twitter, right? I don't know. It's like uh, we fixed like they changed the way physics works for Michael Jordan. Yeah, I don't think that's how that works, buddies. I don't think that's how that went down. But you know what? The guy wanted clout and we're giving it to him. So it it worked, right? He played us, really, when you think about it. Yep. Uh, Last thing about Corey's list and we'll move on here to a quick break. Uh, The other thing, the other takeaway I thought was pretty interesting is that the last two teams on the list are the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins, two teams I we consider sort of powerhouses in the Metro over the past, what, 10 years, 13 years. At this point, um, so maybe the, their their time is sort of coming to an end here over the next couple of years. So we'll see if they really have nothing in the farm. Pittsburgh Penguin only has five people listed twenty five under. Um, it's really pretty rough, and even the Capitals same same with five. Like Hendrik Lapierre is their second best twenty five under player uh, at number two. So we'll see what happens with the the Metro. Hey, we don't even know if the Metro is going to be the Metro next year, right? We legit don't know anything. Like it could change. But I assume it will always will always be with the Capitals, Penguins, and Islanders and Devils. I just think that makes sense. But maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Um, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about I don't know something else. Here we go. Transition. Hey Gregory, we're back. What? I know we made it. Right? Isn't are you that- sure? Yeah, unfortunately, I am sure we are back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not a lot going on. I'm sur- I'm assuming you saw the fourth jerseys thing that came out today that people that people got angry about for no reason. The Rangers. I just I still I still can't care about it. I I don't look. I know. As I know much you as I care. like Lady Liberty, as much as I understand other people like it. I don't give a shit about alternate jerseys. I don't care about alternate jerseys. I would like a Ranger what jersey they look like. with like flying spaghetti monster on it. Like something absolutely ridiculous that the Rangers just, would never I, do. I just can't bring myself to care. I, I it's clothing. It's laundry. That's all it is. <laughs> I'm not going to spend three as much as much as I like different. I like how they look, but I'm never going to be. I don't know. I. I waste $300 on so many other things that I don't think about spending it on a Jersey. Right. It's just, I got it's my Kako Jersey. Not, they're not, when these jerseys are released, they're not designed for me. My next Jersey purchase that I've been putting off for literal years, Ryan, mm-hmm. I swear to God, the next time I buy a Jersey, it'll be a Damon Stoudemire Reptar Raptors Jersey. Like that's the only Jersey <laughs> I want. I don't want a Ranger Jersey. I don't need a Ranger Jersey. The jersey that I've had my eyes on for years are the Reptar era Toronto Raptor Damon Stoudemire jersey. That's the only thing I want. That's don't, it. Don't you have um? What's the next player that was also a Raptor? Shot Steve Novak. Yeah, you have a Steve Novak jersey. Yes. Yeah, it's the last Nick jersey I bought. The last jersey I bought, I think, was Spud Webb. Man, the Knicks are terrible. Godspeed. Um, <laughs> really one thing I did listen to this week, and I'm going to plug ESPN again and also The Ringer, I guess, at the same time. I'm a big Zach Lowe yeah. fanboy, no no doubt about it. And they did, what? yeah, Bill Simmons and him did, like, a, a big, like, off-season preview breakdown of, like, what's going on. And I have to say, it's a pretty boring NBA season. But yet, all the trades that came up with, all the hypotheticals, and everything that they, they were talking about, I was, like, enthralled. I was like, oh, my God. I wish, I wish the NHL offseason was like this. Like we had anything that was like, uh, like, a, like a possible. Even if we were coming here, like, what would be a big time trade? Like McKinnon for what Panarin? So like, that's never gonna happen. That's never a possibility. But in the NBA, like Embiid for Paul George, like you can talk about that. Like that's a conversation. And we yeah, can... but I don't know. That's not fair because contract structure is so different in the NBA. I know. And NBA NBA players control everything in the NBA. So all it takes is. Joel Embiid rolls out of bed tomorrow and says he's tired of being in Philadelphia. The 76ers have to trade him. Like, it, it's – we're at that point in the NBA. So, like, I don't know. Nathan McKinnon's never going to ask for a trade out of Colorado. Why would Guy's he? making $6 million a year, and he's not even fucking complaining. I, the thing that bothers me more about – like, yeah, of course. It, everything's more fun when there are hypothetical trades flying around. They're going to be $6 million flying around in baseball this year because I saw the graphic today that Steve Cohen – uh, has a higher net worth than the next three richest yes. owners combined. I saw the graphic so, too. <laughs> I'm just going to – I'm going to – we're going to have plenty to talk about on this podcast. None of it is going to be about the New York Rangers. It's going to be a real perfect old-school blue shirts breakaway. I've thrown it back um, to 2017-16. I don't know. I just I, – I'm just tired of NHL owners crying poor. I'm I don't want a salary crying poor in general. Yeah, but specifically NHL owners because they're not paying their players any money. There are 13 guys in the NHL making north of $10 million. 13. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Adam Jones made $13 million in his last year in the MLB, and he was a 34-year-old has-been who, had, who got non-tender, and he made that kind of money. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, none of these trades are fun in the NHL because everything in the NHL is dollar in, dollar out, where in the NBA it's just utter chaos. Things are traded at all times. Nothing is sacred in the NBA. 
But in the NHL, we all have to clutch our pearls and hope that someone stays with the franchise from start to finish and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's not as fun. It's a boring league. It really is. So happy people listen to this podcast. I know. We're always really, really, really positive people. It's pretty incredible <laughs> every single Yeah, week. but it's just, it's, it's, it, it, there's no comparing the NHL to the NBA. I, full stop, all you have to do is compare how restricted free agency is handled in both leagues. I know. The offer sheet thing we've talked about a trillion goddamn times. Like, just a million, million, million times. There's no point but, in re- revisiting it, but it is so yeah, different. But, but I guess to your point is, there are no disgruntled... Who's the... Jack Eichel's the closest we have to a disgruntled star. And he's not NHL. even that disgruntled. No, he's just tired of being in Buffalo because it's fucking Buffalo. Yeah. Like, which I can't blame him. There are disgruntled stars in the NBA, which makes everything more interesting. There are disgruntled stars, I think, in Major League Baseball, which makes things more interesting. I assume there are disgruntled stars in the NFL, but... But those no. contracts are made up of freaking paper mache. So what does it matter there? I, I, I think I could take a whole college course on NFL contracts and still not know what was going on when I left. No idea. I just, everything's like performance bonuses and it's, it's each contract is structured so that there are certain dates that are more important than the other. Right. And if you get rid of a player before that date hits, the cap hit is one thing, but it doesn't even, I hear so much about dead cap when it comes to like the giants and the jets. It doesn't seem to matter. I don't know what dead cap matters in the NFL because it, it's not like the giants can't get someone they don't, they can't get or can't keep someone they don't want to keep. Right. That's so that. that have NFL you ever contract heard, structures to me? Have you ever heard a story like that? Like, Oh, the jets can't afford to keep this guy. No, I've heard it with the Rams a couple times because the Rams literally tried to pay everybody. But then the Rams were like, you know what? We're just going to release Todd Gurley and trade for Jalen Ramsey, and we'll never have this conversation again. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so we just I guess that works. Infinite money? Sure. Okay, yeah, cool. Whatever whatever you say, I suppose. I'm happy it worked out for everybody. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last, team a t- uh, last time a team in the NFL got squeezed out of a player because they couldn't afford that player. It does, doesn't seem to happen. Doesn't seem to happen. Patrick Mahomes got so much money from the NFL, he bought a baseball team. Yeah. (laughs) What are we doing? That's insane. And then we go back to the NHL and we're like, man, should Tony D'Angelo really be making $4.8 million? Like Ahmed Rosario is probably going to make more money than Tony D'Angelo next year. Right, exactly. And Ahmed Rosario, like Tony D'Angelo is a top 30 defenseman? Top 50? I mean, probably offensively offensively I mean, he's def- talk- definitely a top you're talking about de- you're talking about the defenseman who finished third in points last year and he's probably not going to make he's definitely not making steven matt's money next year that's insane and steven matt's is like and i like steven matt's let's let's be honest but he's bad he's a fifth starter like that's <laughs> that's the way it is on good days he's not he's not he's not actively good no on good days he's a fourth starter so you know what please like my sport please i'm begging you just uh, pay the like get get just pay the guys. These owners aren't broke. I, I hate to break. Well, maybe Eugene Melnick, but outside of Eugene Melnick, these owners aren't broke. I feel like Melnick had I, a chance I'm very to confused. not to like try and be a hero, like uh, for Ottawa, like multiple times, and has just screwed it up every single time. Every to, time to like, but the millionth extent. The NHL owners, I don't, I don't care what they try to sell. They're not broke. If you can afford to own a professional franchise, you are a level of rich that is unattainable for 99.7% of the country. So I, the, the only reason the salary cap exists is to make sure these guys stay filthy rich. I, I just, I, I don't, I hate salary caps. I think they're dumb. 
I don't think you should penalize teams that want to spend a crap load of money however they want to spend it. I don't know who you're trying to protect with salary caps. They're, you're not protecting the player because the player is not getting to maximize his value. I Like, are the New York Rangers salary caps because the Ottawa Senators are poor? All right, so just find a different guy to own the Ottawa Senators. I promise you, you can find one. They're, they exist. There are more than 32 billionaires in this world that would love to own an NHL team. And maybe one of them, if they bought them. Imagine Mark Cuban bought an NHL team. Oh, my God. I would freak out. I'd freak out. It would, he'd take it to a level that doesn't exist right now. He, it would. The marketing would be unbelievable. If he bought, like, if he bought, like, Seattle, not that he can right now, but the Seattle or even Vegas. Like, can you imagine Mark Cuban owning the Vegas team? Like, Vegas but is already so much fun. It would be even more. That's the thing. I, I don't think Mark Cuban could buy a team anywhere and make it a market. Like, Outside of the Cowboys, Dallas was nothing before Mark Cuban. Right. Like, who cared about Dallas outside of the Cowboys? Nobody. 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 And now it's one of the, what, seven hubs when you think of NBA franchises? For sure. It, it's also, if they get Giannis, lock it up, baby. It's over. That's it. I mean, he couldn't find DeAndre Jordan. You think he'd be able to find Giannis? <laughs> I don't know. All right, before we end this podcast, I want to have a sentimental note for a second. What? I know. Ryan Clark, our good friend, will be covering mm. the Seattle Kraken full-time for The Athletic. And What about this is sentimental? I love him. I know. <laughs> You're making it sound like he's going away forever. Instead, he's just going to another franchise we're going to want to talk about just as much. No, yeah, maybe maybe it's not. I'm, it, I, nothing bad happened to him. I'm just very happy. Sentimental isn't the word I would go with. Fine. It's, it's like you made it. You made it sound like this was in memoriam for Ryan Clark. It, He's very it's, much alive. It's in memoriam for his his coverage of the Colorado sports teams. There you go. Yeah, but he's he's from Seattle. That's why he cracks so many Conforto jokes. I think Krakens so many Conforto jokes. Bank. Done. Look at that. Done. End the show. All right. Uh, congratulations to Ryan Clark. Love it. Uh, can't wait to have him back on to talk about Seattle Kraken and the expansion draft, which we will be doing in the future. And uh, we'll be back next week. Talk about, I don't know, something. Bye. Love you guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.